0: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios. It's the Press Box Summer Edition. You know that mediocre, generic sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. With what oh, these guys. Steve Cofield, who is JVT? That's just initials. This new version was a sloppy mess of half-famous randos on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Press box on a Tuesday morning. John Von Tobel is JBT. Jared's here. He's always here. Cofield, we're filming in for the guys, Ed and Tyler, with a uh, well-deserved week off. We got three hours on the way. We'll set you up for a Tuesday here in Las Vegas. Football's right around the corner, so we got a uh, football regular coming in in the middle of the show, a little baseball later this hour, some uh, hockey in the third hour, and then lots of goofy stuff
2: as well. John, how you doing? Uh Good. I'm a morning guy, so, like, uh, although I will say, I'm going to admit that I had thoughts. I was like, man, what's Steve like in the morning? I've done the Sunday shows with you, but like this, you know, got to be plucky, energetic. Yeah, I'm not that great on the Sunday show. Saturday
1: to Sunday is rough for me because well, I like to yeah. go out Saturday nights, and then a lot of times I'm covering games or coming back from a road trip. Like, yeah, so, I just came in from
2: Laramie, Wyoming,
1: you know? Yeah, it's like, you're not exactly in the greatest mood, <laughs> although it's, it's a one-hour show. But you're right, I'm not generally a morning person. Yeah. Could I get used to this? Yeah, but the problem, and this is like, you know, inside radio for me, um, I would have to sleep in shifts like yep. I, I would have to take a nap and then make sure I'm up because I would want to do you know all the pre-work in the evening I did the opposite last night so I just got up super early today but I could do that I actually I did a morning show like when I first got into radio a long time ago before you guys were born it might have been um, what year 90 97 98 I was six come on okay yeah I was so, seven okay so you guys rolled uh, you're probably listening yeah. Part of the cofield tree.
0: That's that why was, they got into the radio.
2: Part of me thinks that, you know, a six-year-old me walked by radio and heard your, like, those yes, tones, yes. and I was like, something in me was sparked. That's what I want. That ember turned into a flame, and here I am.
1: By the way, if you think that uh, we yell every once in a while, and I know I don't think Tyler and Ed ever yell, but if you think we yell every once in a while, you got to listen in about 15 minutes. We're going to play New York radio guy, so like, flipping out, <laughs> like, literally having a conniption on the air over something real interesting. So, anyway, so we're here for the morning show. Is it? <laughs> I, well, that, that I know. That's to be debated. I know. Well, it's it's a whole different brand of radio and actually has to do with one of our hometown heroes, Joey Gallo. See how I did that? No. So, was this yesterday? I guess yesterday or over the weekend, whatever. Uh, guy, how do we say it? Does everyone say it correctly? Otherwise, he gets really mad. Fietti? One at a time.
2: Oh. oh. <laughs> Fietti. That's what I said.
1: Fieri? Yes. Because yeah. if you don't, then you get emasculated like a uh, Presidente guy from Barstool uh, who's a real tough guy. I don't know if you ever saw this. He did a, one of his pizza episodes with Guy Fietti and he couldn't say the name correctly, and Guy just rode him into the ground and just crushed him, and he had nothing. Like, you just got crushed by Guy Fietti. I like Guy Fieri, right? I'm going to say Guy Fieri. So I like him. Mm. I think he's done a lot for Vegas. He's technically a Vegas guy because he went to school here and he worked at Four Kegs, right? He always shouts out Vegas. Well, he got the key to the city yesterday. So that's cool. We have to look up for later in the show. I want to see everyone who's had the honor of getting the key to the city. But I was, start, I was thinking about it. Is guy our most famous, successful, current day, Las Vegas? Because here's the thing. First of all, the parameters are you don't have to be born here. I think you have to you have to have some roots here. Right? Like none of us are really from here. Mm. John more than anyone else hell even uh Sandra Douglas Morgan right the new president of the Raiders you're like she is about as Las Vegan you know, Nevada as you can get well she was she only got here when she was two mm-hmm. right um but she's you know she's Reno she's UNLV law she worked for all these uh you know, government here.
2: services in she town Say that again I said, she's only got here when she was two but like, people would do that look like, oh, you're not really a
1: native like so weird. okay Ga- like Ifietti wasn't born here he's a Northern California guy I think um but he's a Las Vegas. Right? He went to UNLV. Is he our most famous, current day, hometown hero? Like, I'll take someone out of the mix, right? Mm. I reference OJ Simpson as a hometown hero. Has he been here long enough to be a hometown hero? Well, we might want to use well, hero lightly. Mm, I don't want to get him mad. Someone say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be safe. Because we know he hangs up or hangs out like right up the road. Right, You know, uh, all different parts of Summerlin. And we're at uh, Flamingo and Durango. So OJ can be on the list or he can't? Because he has uh, a lot of impact. And who else goes on Twitter and does videos and says, hey, Twitter world, yours truly? Like, okay.
2: I mean, like OJ is like, yeah. everyone Everyone knows me and you know why. Well, but he's speaking to his audience. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I could go on Twitter and go, hey, guys, yours truly. And I would assume the people that are following me know who I am, right? So like, I there's that. I think your audience would roast you for well, doing a, that. That's the other part, too. Yours truly.
1: So guy number one, is there a debate on that? No, so Guy, Guy Fieri yeah. has been how many? I mean, I think they've done like thirty seasons. I don't think it's like thirty years, but they've done like thirty seasons of Triple D. I think his current contract, believe it or not, is twenty six mil a year. I'm did, on you guys, it. Did, did you guys know that? I thought it, I, you know, what, <laughs> I thought I'm, he signed a three year extension just for the TV show at like three and seventy eight.
2: I'm surprised it's that little. I thought, really? <laughs> well, because like I know Judge Judy made, like, what, like, 40 per? I or think she was like over that. 50. Yeah. Like, I I think Guy Fieri is a more recognizable brand. What was the deal, hair. Jared? Three years, 80 million.
1: Okay, so I had it right. About 20, 26 yeah. point, whatever, seven. All right, man. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of money. It is. But, <laughs> do, you, I mean, do you know how cheap? I'm sure that show is really cheap to produce, and then it runs forever, and it's on everywhere.
2: Oh, yeah. It's like, um, you ever seen the TV schedule of ridiculousness for MTV? Like they have like 99% of the blocks from Monday through Sunday. What does that guy get paid?
1: What's his I'm name again? On it? Yeah, cool. uh,
2: Rob Deerick. Yeah. See what yeah. He, I mean? Is he but like is he making the more? The same thing with Fietti Like every time there's like two things. I whenever I turn on the Food Network, it's Guy Fietti in some form or fashion, whatever show it is, and Chopped. Chopped. Yeah. yeah. I haven't well, watched Chopped in a while. Love Chopped. I usually do Triple D on demand.
3: But yeah, I mean that's like
1: one of those go-to shows if I just want to watch something light. Come watch since I'm Put fat, I, do, I watch food shows. So test- who, who, like right now, who else is who who's outpacing guy who just got the key to the city as the most famous Las Vegas
3: property brothers?
1: Are property brothers are they from here? They're not, but they kind of set up roots here. I mean they're Canadian. Um, that's not a bad choice. Who's this app? The well, you know, I actually I was I looked at a house. That they eventually rehabbed. Really? Yeah. It needed a lot of work. But when I saw it, I was like, ooh, I would have liked that. Yeah, I but I've, so. but I've also heard, I don't know if you guys have heard stories about, you know, these rehab shows. Some of them don't go that well. So I've also, I think I know someone who had them come in and then it just turned into a friggin' nightmare. Like the project just never got done. So who's, so if Guy's number one, who's number
2: two? Is it Bryce Harper? It's got to be, I would think. Again, because I th- I think he should be a behind guy because I would assume that the food brand is much more widespread, right? Like food is more relatable to somebody. He's got probably more popular than Bryce Harper because not everybody watches sports, right? The it gets a little bit smaller in terms of the people that
1: he touches. Was Bryce's deal twelve for three hundred? We're doing a lot of money this morning, yeah, off no. the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So he actually
2: I feel like he, it shouldn't matter what kind of money well, people make. I mean, Steve, I feel it's like money it's and better reach. Better. Money shouldn't matter. Yeah, it's more about their impact on the community and how famous they are. All right, give me some wild cards. So who else? So uh, I think the first one, actually, the media that came to mind was Tommy Laren
1: You know what's funny? Same thing here. Yeah. UNLV and uh the character that she's got going has a freaking lot of
2: impact yep. in that world, that social media bit world. If we're talking about just fame, right, that's definitely there. I think she's at the top of the list. Now, I kind of went like... um like the Zap like Zappos guy isn't like Zappos is out here in Vegas. Right, he passed away. Well, I know, but like still, <laughs> can you not? No, that famous? is one of our
1: parameters. No, okay. I'm not bussing on you. Okay. Uh,
2: was Tony Shea famous nationwide? Maybe. I-, I was thinking more of the brand, I guess. Then he's certainly an impactful yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, impactful guy to the city too, downtown. And my other question was like, how do we gauge fame? Like, for example, another name that came to mind was uh, Paul Gutierrez, works at ESPN. Oh, I think we're stretching. I like Paul, but... No? Is that really, like, a top
1: five? I mean... I mean, he's a UNLV guy. UNLV guy. I think I'd rather give Vegas him credit for Barstow. Joey Gallo? Barst- I don't think Barstow has a lot of... Like, I think he's, he yeah. might be... He's top five in Barstow. Okay. I couldn't think of many then, famous people. Do we go... I mean, it's mo- it's a lot of baseball players. Right. Uh, you could go to football. I mean, I think... You know, out of sight, out of mind, Ronnie Stanley is a, you know, a top five tackle in right. the NFL. He's got to come back and be healthy. And about- then there's, like, do... Do you, like, how long does an athlete have to thrive here to then be a Vegas guy? Right. Like, is Marc-Andre Fleury a Vegas guy? No. Will Derek Carr ever be a Vegas guy?
2: Max Crosby, will he ever be a Vegas guy? So that's what we were setting up, the parameters. I don't know what the parameters are. What about my uh, former high school classmate who uh, I have not spoken to since we graduated and I'm not friends with but still played <laughs> almost every single day for the Baltimore Orioles for, like, two years? Joy record. It seems to be a stretch. I mean, of all the baseball players. I would think like you're the right. only one. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I know. I know. Uh, Won't answer our text. So come on. But
2: uh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. See but cer- can
1: certainly do. Chris Bryant. Right. Yeah. Joey Gallo, who we'll get to, who's infamous now in New York. I mean, if you want to. And I'm, I'm, we weren't just limited to athletes, but, you know, Kevin Na is a Vegas guy. Technically in the golf world. He's now with Liv. I don't know how he's doing in Liv. The funny oh. thing is, in, I think in, in the Saudi Golf League, like, yeah, he's failing. He's already made, you know, $3.4 million by finishing, you know, in the bottom 10 in every event. Uh, Willie Willy Ramirez checks in with a very obvious one. Andre Agassi? Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Good job. That. We're very shallow on this yeah. one. Okay. So, first bite. Do we go like? Who are most famous? Current day. Las Vegas celebrities. We're, right
2: now, we're going. Did, did Andre Agassi just supplant Guy? See that's what I'm saying though. So, but you you keep throwing in current, like Andre Agassi is very famous and a known name, right? But is he currently famous? Because if we're talking about current, then he's way further down the list. Is that think fair? I, I think, think he's still pretty fair. current. Yeah, here. Mm.
1: Nationally, I think we got to keep it
2: open. Okay. If they're alive, so for sure, alive. then they're in the running. So for sure, we got Guy Fieri, we got Bryce Harper, Tommy Laren. Andre Agassi. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Joey Gallo. Yeah, Joey Gallo. Ronnie um, Stanley. Ronnie Stanley. So we're, we're debating the fifth, right? Because I think we agree. Wouldn't it be Agassi, Harper, not in this order, Fietti and Tommy Lahren? I mean, I'm actually kind of embarrassed for you that you haven't named your, your favorite NBA player yet. What's Chris going Wood? on here? Yes. Well, I know about him, but he's... So there's two things, though. One, yeah. is he a Vegas guy? He is. Okay. Two, um... Well, I know he's, he's an in- Inland
1: Empire guy. Right. Uh, but... Because he was here at UNLV yeah. for a short period of time. You know, the funny thing, he was a basketball I was player. He very embraced <laughs> by the community. You're like, yeah. <laughs> if Brandon McCoy had made it at the highest level, you're like, yeah, Las Vegas. And he was yeah. here for like four months. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So first bite is up at ESPN Las Vegas. Guy Fieri got the key to the city. I and mean, that's pretty good, right? Is he our most famous, you know, current day Las Vegas celebrity? On the way back. Let's get to what's going on at the NBA Summer League because John has been out there. JVT's in. It's Cofield here on the press box, and I want to go down that path. Uh, I saw Sisalak talking to Adam Silver. He made sure to tweet it out, right? By the way, if you notice on Governor Sisolak's tweets now, it makes sure to mention, hey, this is a candidate. This is, it's different mm-hmm. now. You know, he's running for office, um, which I, I have a feeling that was part of the reason why Sisalak's like, eh, let's get the picture out with Adam Silver. It, are we locked in? For the NBA? Are we just about there? Are we at the finish line? Don, you made,
0: I mean, one of the most moronic comments. Oh, no. I, I've ever one heard of the, All right, that's, that's bold. And, Go ahead. And, <laughs> and, and it actually proves why you two would fail if Michael wasn't part of the show. Oh, no. I mean, your your comment about uh, Joey Gallo, and I'm a Mets fan, saying why, why are they offended by him? Because he bats 160. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition.
1: We need to open the phones so that people call in and go, this is why you guys would fail without would. Ed Graney and oh, okay. Tyler. <laughs> They're off. John Von Tobel's in. Cofield. We were just talking uh, to start the show about uh, hometown hero Guy Fietti getting a key to the city. And then we started brainstorming about who are the most famous celebs now with Vegas ties. You don't have to really be from Vegas, but you got to have good Vegas ties. So uh, we missed on a few people. You can vote. Yeah, you can vote up at ESPN <laughs> Las Vegas. Uh, we did not. We started out with Guy Fieri and Bryce Harper, and we mentioned UNLV's Tommy Lahren. I tried to throw in O.J. Simpson. I think that got nixed. Uh, Floyd Mayweather got cut. Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Andre Agassi. So we'll take more names. Joey Gallo. Look, he's the star of New York. That was ESPN New York. That was the Michael K show. Uh, Rothenberg or Rosenberg? I can't remember. There's, there's like two different guys. Yeah. Um, and Don LaGreca. So Don LaGreca is quite the character. Uh, he likes to get huffy and puffy, which can be entertaining. Now, they take a lot of phone calls, which can be not good. But sometimes it's entertaining. That was, I forget who it was, from Manalapan, which is in <laughs> which is in New... It was like Mike from Manalapan in New Jersey, right? I grew up pretty close to there. It's where Jake Lazers from, if you want some Garden State knowledge. But the conversation continued because basically it just came down to one simple question. And when you have caller and host, you're talking over each other. You can't really get into a real discussion. So the caller was like, hey, Joey Gallo sucks. He's hitting 160. Uh, the host said, what does it matter? The Yankees are awesome. And here's more of the conversation. By the way, this caller was on for like six minutes.
0: All right, well, That's you, you really, uh, but, Every but, in but, but are we in the playoffs? But, uh, but are, we in the playoffs? are we, do you really great, honestly great comment, think? Wait a minute, you, you, comment, you, you, no, 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 wait, I gotta defend myself. You I called mean, me out okay. as being basically a loser. I should be allowed to defend myself. I'm putting him on hold, because he can't be quiet. Because I don't want to disconnect I'm l- l- I'm We not. can interact. Get him I'm off hold. Come okay. on. No, are we in the playoffs yet? How is no. Joey Gallo hurt this team? We're not in the playoffs. You, do you really think Joey Gallo is going to get a bats in the playoffs? Do you really think, come on. You really think he's going to be allowed to hurt the Yankees in the postseason? They they, they, they have it's not they haven't even made a trade, but your comment was why are they offended by him? Because he stinks. All right, but so he stinks.
1: Okay, so there's a lot there. Right, I mean, Joey Gallo, Bishop I, Gorman guy, he's hitting 160. He's struggling. What is he at? 10 homers, 19 ribs. Yep. He's not doing what he can do, which is, you know, he he's usually going to hit 210, but he gets on base. He actually is a pretty good uh, defensive player. But there's, there's a couple of things in there. Just because a team is awesome doesn't mean that Gallo, as a negative player, isn't hurting them like they I'm sure you could be better. And and here's the thing. Yeah. You actually can be better. And here's the thing with that host, like he's had explosions in the past. He's an older guy, anti-analytics guy. I remember him having some explosion over the Pythagorean theorem. I don't even know what it was related to. I think it was something NFL wise. Then he flipped it into, well, I played tight end at Don Bosco high school. (laughs) So I know football. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's one of those guys. But if you, if you have the numbers on Joey Gallo, technically when he's in the lineup, of course, he can be hurting the Yankees, and I, I don't know. What, what are they now? I have to look up the record, but like, yeah, maybe maybe he's cost him two wins. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but I also understand from LaGreca's Le- standpoint, the Yankees are built with a mentality that Joey Gallo's barely – if he's hitting 160,
2: he ain't playing a whole lot when it really counts. Mm-hmm. Right, and like uh, like I don't – simplistic arguments like that mm-hmm. really irritate me because it's like you realize that – like. When you're making the comment, how is he hurting the team? They're really freaking good. Like, yeah, but if you replace his at bats with somebody who's better, they're probably going to be better. They're 61 and,
1: and 25. You might be able to argue. 63. What? Yeah, yeah, a couple more wins.
2: I don't know what his WAR is, and it's got to be negative. But, and we also don't know the situations in which he's come up to the plate, right? Who was on? Who was on? All of that kind of stuff. Like, yes, he has actively hurt the team. Now, again, Las Vegas celebrity. You don't want you don't want to pile on him, but at the same time, that's that's an incredible way to look at things. And I mean, I don't know. Sports Talk Radio in New York is way better than everywhere else. So, I could be totally wrong. Wait a second, that. huh? Wait a second. His WAR
1: is actually positive. Analytics. Okay. <laughs> His WAR is—it's only a zero point two. I was, I was gonna say,
2: what is it? Yeah, like, but still, still. I mean, I would assume. Look, I don't know how WAR is officially calculated. I would assume it has something to do with when he came up, where, when were those home runs hit? Right, when were those runs driven right. in? All that kind of stuff.
3: The team. If he no, was not, then he would be on the playoffs, no. Don. No, uh, no, not he's not are you play you're, playing well. you're, you're, you're yes. No, you're not going to sound you foolish because you don't answer.
0: First of all, here's why you're a fool. Uh-huh. You can't answer questions because okay. I asked you 17 times. You haven't been able to give up with any kind of comprehensive answer you're, on why he's hurting he, the team. Plus, I told you why he's in the lineup because he's a great fielder. You don't think fielding Don, helps he gets you win? Out. Does fielding help you win? Does fielding help you win? That's three times. Does fielding help you win? Four times, I've asked. Does fielding help you win? Five times! All right, so on the fifth time, you finally answer the question, all right? So if he, so, how is he hurting them when they've got the best record in baseball and off to the third best start in the history of a franchise that does nothing but finish above 500? How is he hurting them? He's not. But I agree with you. Come postseason time, he's gonna kill them. And guess what? He's gonna be gone. They're already planning the exit strategy now.
1: Okay. So there you go. And I think the screaming from there got louder and louder because he he really he does. The, I don't know. I I've only seen uh, you know a few, few clips here and there with him. He's got emotional issues, so not that I'm the most under control person either. I'll start screaming, and yelling too. But I, um, there we go. By the way, he answered the question. That 0.2 warts
2: is fielding clearly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he he is he is hurting the team. Yes. That's 61 and 25. Right. But that but that's also the, that right there is a Northeast fan, which I appreciate. Do you hate it? What that the, the storyline? No, no. The storyline. Well, the caller, yes. But the. I
2: actually thought the caller was a smart person.
1: Well, basically, the hosts are saying, who cares? Why are you getting worked up about it? But the fans and other hosts are like, there has to be something wrong. Right. Now, they haven't won a World Series yet. So you can still be critical of them because, uh, to our point, they played 86 games. You know what? Hey, they should be 86 and 0. Okay. And let's make it, let's have a discussion. Right. I don't think they're going to be 86 and 0. But in, I'll say, Northeast markets, I'll go as far west as Cleveland, right? And then we're talking Boston, New York, Philly, and DC. That's the fan.
2: They have angst. They want angst. They embrace angst. Well, I but I don't think like it's clearly a very obvious blemish on a team that's playing really well, right? right. So it's not like they're nitpicking. It's not like he's batting like, you know, 240 with like, you know, 13 homers or something like that. Like this guy stinks like no, he's clearly, I would say, and you watch them more than I do, yeah. the worst player in that lineup for them at this point right now. Yeah. So, like, that's a fair criticism of the team. Hicks is not good, and Hicks has still, like, five, four <laughs> years left
1: on his deal. That was, It actually got me a couple weeks ago. The New York Post had a headline as the Yankees are humming along, and they're like, this Yankee disaster is not getting better. And I'm like, what? What?" <laughs> and it was Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo aren't hitting. All right. but, I mean, the, but here's the thing. The, that's what the fans want. So you feed them the red meat. By being just hyperbolic, but well,
2: here's also the other thing though. When you're when you're a really good team, you're gonna split hairs. Yes, right? like when when you're so, when you're playing so nice. well, must be nice, right. Angel. Yeah, you're looking for little <laughs> things, right? You know, when my team's playing on the Peacock game early in the morning and losing to the Baltimore Orioles, like there's a lot of things to point at, right? But this one, it's just hey, Joey Gallo, 166, he's got to be better. And New York guy going, but what about the fielding?
0: We're on Monday. I lost count. Dishwasher watch. David Roth from Defector is with us on the press box. Subscribe to the distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for
1: a free monther of Stitcher Premium. Get that free monther. Let's do it. Cofield, JVT, dishwasher talk coming up in about 10 minutes, but uh, very important pressing issues. We've been screaming and yelling at each other all morning long. Not really. David Roth is in from the defector. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are y'all? We're good. We're good. We have a couple of different. What have you directions. been yelling about? Uh, well, we actually were playing New York radio guy yelling about Joey Gallo saying it's not a big deal and that, uh, and, and I don't know if you know, but Joey Gallo is a Vegas guy, so you know we pay attention to that. But New York radio guy was screaming at a caller yesterday and just lost his mind because. Yeah. Yeah, Don Lecrega. Yeah, down Don I'm so happy
3: that that made it like that felt like one of those things that would be trapped within no. the uh, ecosystem of New York city and not uh, make it to a national audience. It's I'm glad that uh, your listeners now get to know what Don Greco sounds like when he's completely out of his mind.
1: We've played him before. We've played him before because I'm a, I'm a native of the area. So, you know, I, I'm a Yankee fan, uh, but his, his take basically was who cares if Joey Gallo is playing poorly. He's not hurting the Yankees. And we, you know, we were just saying like, well, I mean, technically he may have cost him a win or two. I don't care that they're 61 and 25. It can be a discussion that he's actually hurting the team.
3: Yeah, that was the part of it that was kind of funny to me because, like, I think the the way that you would go if you didn't have four more hours of your radio show to do is just to be like, look, they are ten wins better than any team in baseball. Don't worry about it. Right. But you can't say that to somebody because the whole reason that guy is calling in is that he's incredibly worried about it. And so You have to find a way to somehow... Both make your point and also uh, belittle the guy yeah. that is taking time out of his day to call you. Yeah. it was a really remarkable thing, and that's like so. Lagrek is usually, I don't. This is not. I've never really listened to Michael K's show. He's usually Michael K secondhand, right? Right. Yeah, and so I think that like ordinarily K is really good at just because he's like the voice that Yankee fans associate with authority. Like, if it seems like Michael K disapproves of you, they will back down. Whereas like clearly. Like, this guy comes in, like, the first thing he says to LaGreca is, like, the first of all, this is like one of the most pathetic points I ever heard. Also, thanks for having me. You know, but it's just like he clearly yeah. is not coming from a place of respect the way that you would hope. Right.
1: Isn't well, he, he started out by saying, you know, basically the show stinks without K. I mean, if there's a lot of hosts, that are going to freaking lose it from there.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I would. If someone, like, showed up at my house and they were like, whatever. <laughs> Since your wife left, your appetizers are garbage. By the way, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Like, yeah. no, that's a, that's a bad vibe. Isn't, don't don't set the tone like that.
2: Isn't that a form of New York respect, though? Like, is it, isn't that a yeah, like, operate?
3: I feel like that's, the, uh, that's like the thing with Rudolph Giuliani trying to get that guy from a uh, supermarket arrested for slapping him on the back and calling him a degenerate or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, like, Giuliani started showing up in public with a neck brace talking about how he was a There is definitely, like, I feel like in Staten Island, like, getting slapped really hard on the back and called a degenerate is basically, like, how you know you've made it. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It works. It works.
3: So the idea that you're going to suddenly take it personally after, I mean, whatever, like, Giuliani has basically become Staten Island over the course of his time in public life. I don't know how you don't know how to respond to that. We don't need to do New York chat, though. Sorry to hijack. Well, I mean, it, it, it's <laughs>
1: Vegas chat, too, because of Joey Gallo, and I feel bad for the guy getting the crap kicked out of him in New York. And and anyone who listens to me over the years here knows that I'm a Joey Gallo stand. Like, it's kind of it's kinda sick. Cause I, You're going to lo- reset your thing? What'd well, you- I love baseball players who hit uh, 210 with 35 bombs. Now I, I prefer that uh, Gallo would be 6'5 and 400 pounds because I like fat asses. Um, so all of that said, all of that said, um, I still believe that he has, I don't know if he has trade value, but I would trade for him if they're going to sell at the bottom.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think she, has been. I think this is like a good point that you're making here that like, this is the worst version of the type of player that he's been, but the type of player that he's been has never really been that different than this. I mean, it's not it's weird because when you strike out all the time and most of the balls that you hit are going over the fence, like there's not a lot of the, you know, what they call like the batted ball look where you can just look at it and be like, Oh, you know, a couple bad bounces here or a couple of good plays there. Like he doesn't hit grounders, you know? So like if you hit the ball in the air, it has to do like something really dramatic if it's going to work, but he's not, he's too talented. He's too young to have like completely lost the plot. Even good hitters of that type. I mean, it's not, I think in a lot of ways, he's like a much more dynamic player than, than Adam Dunn because he's also such a good defender and he yeah. does a lot of other things that Dunn never did. But even Adam Dunn, if you go back and look at like what was, you know, in the fullness of times a really, really good big league career, there were still seasons in there even before he was done where like it just doesn't work. And he's usually a uh, 205 batting average is 170. And like that's a big difference, you know, like that's just a lot more outs over the course of a whole year. The Yankees can afford to absorb it and wait for him to get right. They could also, I mean, but yeah, I would think that any team that, especially if you could get the Yankees to, you know, pay some of his salary or whatever, just to get him off their hands, like that's as good a reclamation project as I can imagine going out there and getting. Just because it's, you know, it's two years ago that he hit 40 homers, right? I mean, it was like basically you skipped the the pandemic season and then like last year played terrific in Texas and, and poorly with the Yankees. But like, I think there's something you know, whatever, he's not even thirty yet. Like why would you write him off? I think he's not thirty yet. I'm
1: on it. I should know it as a as a gallow stand. I don't think he's thirty no. yet. He's not thirty yeah, yet. Yeah,
3: but I mean it's so that's the part of it that I don't necessarily it's mean, also very Yankees fans to like it's the one thing about the team that isn't working right, right now. Right. You know, that they've got like one guy who is not playing to like the one hundred and tenth percent like projection that they had before the season. So, yeah, definitely call Don LaGreca and insult his parents because you'd think he's not being mean enough to him. That's Yankee fan excellence right there.
1: There you go. David Roth, the defector on the press box. Um, So if he's kind of mid-level or, you know, bottom level of guys who are going to be traded in terms of value, who's at the top of the trade market? Trade deadline's, what, August 2nd? Uh, I saw one list that had a bunch of pitchers, guys like uh, Luis Castillo from the Reds, Noah Syndergaard is mentioned, so for you, the guys you think are available, who's most valuable?
3: It's weird, because it's not... There aren't quite any of those names where you feel like it's going to, you know, like Max Scherzer and Trey Turner moving at the deadline. I think the teams that are the obvious sellers have stripped down so much that... You know, with the exception of, like, Juan Soto, like, there's not really anyone on the Nats, for instance, that I think is going to make a huge difference for a contender down the line. The Reds really do... Blow it up, then, like, obviously, I think Castillo, especially if he's, you know, starting to pitch more like Luis Castillo, like, that's a a guy that makes a big difference for a really good team. The Reds, though, it's weird because we talked about them a lot early in the season when they were on that terrible losing streak. And even then, it's it's clear that they planned on getting worse, you know, that they they were dumping talent for basically, like, the moment the last season ended. But if you take out that streak, which you shouldn't do, but if you basically, if you look at everything they've done beyond that, they're a totally normal type of bad team with a lot of young players coming up through the ranks. There's no reason why you can't afford to pay Tyler Molly or Luis Castillo. Like you know, If they weren't paying those guys, then they're the Orioles and they have no payroll at all. But like, what's the point? Like you're not, You don't need to start from zero again. And so it's a question of, like, you know, who decides to, to really blow it up. I mean, even the Orioles, which would seem to be, the, as a Mets fan, uh, Trey Mancini is the guy that I would most like to see them get if they're going to go out there and, and look for a designated hitter. And he's, you know, it's the last year of a contract. He's also beloved there, and that team isn't even bad. They're, like, a few games under five hundred now. Like, I don't think they're necessarily that good, but that's another team that's continuing to, like, Mariners did this for a long time. Teams that are in these multi-year rebuilds, it's clearly really hard for them to give it up and start trying. And I think <laughs> some of that yeah. is because if you're the GM at that point, like then you have to be judged on your results. If you're not doing that, then you're just being judged on prospect rankings and vibes. And so, like once you pull the trigger and you decide, like the Mariners did, where they you know they finally started paying guys, they paid Robbie Ray, and then he was terrible at the start of the year. They're, they're clearly still not where they want to be. This is the first moment where Jerry DePoto maybe gets held accountable for his decisions because for five or six years, he could keep saying, Well, we're in year three of a five year plan. Like, it would be stupid to pull the plug now. The Orioles, it's like if they wanted to go for it, like they could be buyers, I think, but they're not, that's not like really where they are. And not just because they still, you know, have some prospects who are far away. I feel like the plan there is just to stay cheap and bad until, uh, DeAngelo's sons can sell the team and so yeah maybe maybe Trey Mancini's it maybe Jorge Lopez who's pitched really well for them is it none of these names are exactly like the most inspiring you know like Mancini's a part-timer on a really good team Lopez is not closing for a really good team but I had not seen that Syndergaard was talked about as a deadline pickup and I know that's not happening for the Mets but that is yeah the Angels are already dumping that's grim
2: yeah, well, I'm an Angels fan, so uh, Sorry. we could talk about it for a long time. Um, well, Let me ask you, one of, the, uh, one of the arms, too, that I think is pretty intriguing, and the A's, uh, we know what's going on with the A's, Frankie Montas, I would assume, has some pretty good value. I know he's got a little bit of a shoulder issue, but he's been awesome this year.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's basically, I think, the last of the really, really good pitchers that they have. The Mets uh, got Chris Bassett before the start of the season from them. Montas is one of those guys where, like, I wouldn't – see a percentage in trading a guy like that who also is not getting paid very much and really is like young enough that if you believe in the rebuild that you're trying to do there, like he could be the ace on the next good ace team if Mm. you actually are trying to create that team. But that's the, you know, once you get into those windows and like sort of projections in terms of how far out you're trying to like push the idea of trying again, then, like, yeah, maybe that is it. I mean, I think he's a terrific pitcher, and I think it's also, you know, there's still some team control there. Like, it, it's clear that if he's healthy enough, he's a the guy they, they could trade and probably get a good return. And maybe that's all they need to know. I just feel like there's this question of, like, could versus should that, like, especially with teams like the A's, like, it's just sort of hard to tell at this point where they even are in that process. I mean, the, they got this big haul for Matt Olson, but they're really bad. And so maybe it's the right thing to do by Montas, like. but I, it's still – they're just a grim team to think about. I was reading a story that Ray Raddo wrote for a website the other day, and I noticed that I had – not only did I not know who the A's all-star was, I had literally never seen his name before. And I follow baseball pretty closely. I just, I think, had told <laughs> myself that, like, you can care about the A's in two years. Right now you've got bigger problems. But, yeah, Paul Blackburn, uh, okay. congratulations to you on going to the All-Star game, man. I, okay. awesome. I'm happy that you're in
1: the majors. Also a guy who's been reported on the trade block. I actually I disagree with you on the confusion about the A's. I think it's clear the A's are not going to try and compete. Like that whole th- example you talked about earlier, just a constant rebuild. The A Stadium, this new one at Howard Terminal, is probably not done for like five years. So, they're not going going to try for at least three years. I think their sack is big enough that they won't even try the year before they open the stadium. They'll be like, oh, we're going to get people at the stadium anyway. They might not try for like six years.
3: Can you imagine the state of the Coliseum in four years? Like, it's just going to be, there's going to be as many possums as people in the stadium. I know. It's completely overrun. It's funny, I'm reading uh, Howard Bryant's book about Ricky Henderson right now, which is really good. I recommend it. Uh, And the talk about... So, Henderson got called up at the A's at the very end of the Charlie Finley era, like, real bad times for the organization. And it occurred to me, like, when I was a kid, the A's, it was like Bash Brothers, you know, the A's were one of the very best teams in the league, and stayed that way for a really long time and a really well-put-together team. They spent most of my life Playing in front of like 5,000 people, despite that, despite having like the great, like peak Moneyball era and having the Bash Brothers period, that like when they're, they're never just kind of bad. Like when they're bad, it's always like 3,500 people at the stadium, 95 losses, like completely overrun by vermin sort of scenario. (laughs)
1: Let's close on this David Roth defector. Um, Who's trying less, the A's or your dishwasher?
3: Dishwasher is not plugged in. The A's aren't plugged in either. So I think it's I, we got to call this one a tie. Uh, if if there was an opportunity at this point for um, my. Building The dishwasher is the product of a longer process. I mm. won't belabor it. I'm just saying that if my building had the opportunity to, like, trade Chad Pinder for a 17-year-old in the Dominican League, they would have done that <laughs> months ago. That's how bad things are. There you go. All
1: right, well, thank you for your time on a Tuesday, uh, and I'm sure these guys will have you back on. You're a regular, so you're back on next Tuesday. Thanks so much.
3: Right on. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one.
1: Good smooth close by me. Uh, John Von Tobel, Cofield, David Roth, Defector. Yeah, am I wrong on the ace? No, They're not going to try for like four more years. They are going to be a 45 to 60 win team. So, like, Frankie, I'm actually, I am absolutely, you know, I'm going to save this. Because if the morning audience hasn't heard my philosophy on when you go for it and what you should be doing when you're in Seattle and Baltimore and Oakland, stick around. It's going to be special. With this team, I probably wouldn't have the ball in my hands as much as I had in my career. Uh, but that's kind of the reason why I made this decision, so I don't have to be Batman every night. I can be Robin or sometimes a third guy. Uh, the game should be easy for me, but it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition.
1: John Wall on the way back. I like what he said there. I like that. Right? That a former number one guy is like, you know what? I, I'm fine not being the number one guy. This is awesome. Good luck to whoever's covering me as the number three option on this team, the Clippers. Right? I mean, I think they're going to be the best team in basketball next year. I, what a, it, again, he has to stay healthy, Yeah, which has been impossible the last three years. But if he stays healthy and he's the third option and they can play defense, which they can, Yep. they're,
2: they're going to they're they're be really good. They're really good. They're loaded. They're very deep. It's, it's part of the acquisitions they made at the trade deadline last year. And if Kawhi's healthy, Paul George is healthy, the ceiling is the roof for the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Von Tobel, Cofield, and for Tyler and Ed, they have the week off. We're here on the Press Box. We were just talking baseball with David Roth from The Defector, trying to defend Joey Gallo a little bit. But, you know, he mentioned in the middle of the conversation, could and should, when it comes to teams that have been rebuilding, like when you're near the dance floor for the playoffs, what do you do? Right? And I have this argument all the time on Cofield and Company, and I get it thrown back at me like, nope, don't do it. And I'm like, no, always do it. Within reason. What is it? Go for it. Right, the Orioles have sucked. They're around 500. You know, one of the big storylines in Chicago is the White Sox. You know, they're what are they five years into? You know, after the whole tank, like they're they are supposed to be a top three team in the American League. And you know, the talking point there is we stink. The Orioles are better than us, right? Mm-hmm. Orioles are on the verge of being a solid team. Now, does that mean they're going to be a 100 win team down the road? Maybe if. That division's a pain in the ass, but if their pit their top line pitchers actually can stay healthy and you know come up, what is it, Rodriguez and DL mm-hmm. Hall? Um, but they have built a team of not superstars, but they've got a ton of guys who are like twenty five homer guys, and they're a pretty solid team. Now people hear this and they're like, "Well, what are you going to? Who are you going to give up?" Like you can tinker, add a couple of players, and not give up your top prospects. Also, try get your fans excited, <laughs> give them something. Right? And the other thing is, imagine if you make the playoffs, you get a couple of games here and there, you make more money. Try. And Seattle, absolutely Seattle should be adding. Seattle's 45 and 42. They're right in the middle of the wild card. They've been beat to S the entire year. Mm -hmm. So they're actually getting guys back. Seattle in that market. And the same thing with Baltimore. Can we stop acting like Baltimore is, you know, freaking Pittsburgh, which I don't buy the Pittsburgh excuse either. No, you – you go for it within reason. You add. Reward the fans who've been there. Well, and try but, to, I mean, it sounds crazy. Try to get the 85 wins. That gets you on the dance floor.
2: I think at least in defense of the Seattle Mariners, because you said they've been beat up too. And they also did try, right? They acquired Jesse Winker. In the offseason, they signed Robbie Ray. Yep. Yep. Like They were making moves because they saw their run at the end of last year. And they're like, yeah, oh, we maybe have something here. Let's yep. try to get this done. In the case of Baltimore, and this isn't me saying don't try, but I would say like the argument could be made that you know, right out this year, add in free agency. Like you have the potential that if you add the right guys in free agency, that this is elongated success, right? Well, how, how, John, how about
1: when I mention Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo at the top of the
2: trade market? If they're under control for a little bit, then get them now. Yeah, lock them up. Well, Montas is twenty nine too. I was, I was, I forgot how young he kind of was. Like that's. I mean, and and for
1: the A's, let, let's also be fair. Uh, Montas has been a PED guy. So there's always a risk like, and he has come back. I don't know if he's on again. He's come back and he's been really good when he's healthy. Like he could just dump out. And believe me, they have, if, if anyone can go, you know, we don't want to mess with anyone who's gotten in trouble with PEDs after Chris Davis and a 400, you know, whatever, however much money it was. And it seemed like it was a 15 year deal. So they could be a little bit leery, but that doesn't mean you you just stop. So the the Orioles should be adding and the Orioles are in a, in a big enough market that family's rich enough. Add some guys.
2: I, no, I would agree. Like, I mean, if you're not breaking the bank to go get a dude, yeah. right, in terms of the prospects that you have acquired. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, when you're that bad for that long, you've acquired some pretty good prospects on the fringes as well. Like, you've got a pretty deep. It's actually the frustrating part for me as an Angels fan. Like, I kind of just wish they'd go full on and just, just blow it all up. Because at the same time, then you can start to acquire talent instead of Perry and drafting 35 pitchers <laughs> in the last draft and being like, one of these guys has got to work out, right?
1: You have to trade Syndergaard, right? I think so. He's on a one-year,
2: $21 million deal. Lots of teams will want him. If there is somebody who wants him, you trade him. Like, there's no question about that. Your team is not making the postseason. It's been an issue for you in terms of just assets and your farm system. If you can acquire more bodies into that farm system for a guy that you signed to a one-year deal, I think you absolutely do. Do you have less hope as a fan than Orioles fans have? Yes. That's (laughs) pathetic. Well, we can think about it, too. I mean, like, from the Orioles' perspective, at least you were so bad for so long you were were acquiring top-end talent. For the Angels... They're just floating around like they're going to finish every year 10 games under five hundred, squander really good years from guys like Otani and Trout, and you're never going to sniff being like a title contender. That's the worst. You're in purgatory. It's the worst place to be. 8 o'clock hour on the way. We get to the front page.
1: Was there really a fight in the stands at the Thomas and Mac, an NBA summer league game? And by the way, that might not be the dumbest thing I saw on the internets yesterday. It's coming up, 8 o'clock hour.